Hello, and welcome to the media ministry of Living Word Church in Roberts, Illinois. Today, Pastor Douglas Lee shares truth from the Word of God that will inspire and motivate you. We pray that as you listen to this message, your ears will be open to hear and your heart to receive all that God has for you. Join us now as we journey together through God's Word. We're living in the days of the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you to begin to ask the Lord to make visitation on you that way. I, uh, in the middle of all of this mess, I hate mess, I hate chaos, I hate discord, I hate division, I hate all of those things because God hates those things. In the middle of all of that confusion, God is faithful. He, I, I would ask you, I would implore you, expect the greatest outpouring, the greatest moving of God in your life that you've ever experienced before. Because Jesus is out to reveal to the world just who He is. There's no other solution for everything going on. He's the Redeemer and we've got to have Him. And the world's going to need Him more than ever before. Well, you can be seated with that. I just want to encourage you this morning. We embarked on kind of a journey Wednesday night. Wednesday nights will be open worship format. If you, you come, I know it's a little weird to to have a a service that's meant to increase liberty and wear a mask. But I want to talk about that for a minute. You know, I'm not hyped and, and worried about contamination. However, we are determined as a church to always do two things that the Lord said from the beginning. This church needs to be so anybody can attend. This church needs to work to not leave anybody behind. So when we take the precautions, yes, they're recommended, and we have a lot of folks in our congregation attached to or working in healthcare environments. We have a lot of our people caring for loved ones, elders or, or little kids or babies. It, it makes sense when we come together to love each other enough to give the courtesy to one another to use the precautions. So when you see us on camera not wearing a mask, it's because I have said when they come up to minister to lead worship, you can't hear the mic, you can't do it with the microphone and make it work, and you can't do it with the microphone and preach and let it work. And if I preach without a microphone, I'll wear out my voice and I won't have it back by Wednesday. So that's why you might see masks off when we come up here, but when we're sitting there, we keep them on. It's a courtesy to love one another. And I've said this in my little video piece this week, and I'm going to keep telling our folks, we're taking every precaution to make this safe for the youngest age and the oldest age and anybody really to be a part again. Because in the middle of all of this division and interruption, I talked about that Wednesday night. In the middle of all the interruption and division, God is calling for unity. He's drawing people closer to him If you've been in prayer at all lately, there's a compelling that the Holy Spirit is bringing for God's people to rise up in prayerful authority and take charge of some things. We can't fix everything going on in human world. Not everybody serves or loves the Lord Jesus. But we know Jesus said, I give you all authority in things in heaven and earth and under the earth. Well, that includes every demon in hell. Most Christians don't understand what to do with that information. That means we need the Holy Spirit, our helper, to help us know how to think and how to pray. 
When we want to know how to think, I go first to the scriptures. Then I begin to pray for understanding. And the Holy Spirit is our teacher foremost in how we ought to think to have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is learning to think like Jesus would in any situation. He didn't say the mind of Jesus. He used the name Christ because it means the kind of thinking God can anoint. The kind of thinking that God is involved in. The kind of thinking that God can move in to help people. The kind of thinking that will not create a greater division or a greater interruption in our lives, but one that will move people toward agreement, toward unity, by loving right. When, when it was something to be aware of in, in this season, and I'll minister along these lines on Wednesday night in detail. The devil is out to divide any righteous relationship because there is something happening in the earth. Scripture says in the latter days that there will be a, a demarcation of the world system with an anti-anointed head. And there will be the church of the living God with Jesus as the head, the seat, the throne of anointing, authority, and power. The great struggle that you are seeing is evidence of what's happening spiritually in the earth. Well, that will be our jumping off point today because I, I want to help you understand where God is by looking at what does he think of these things. You know, when I, I put that title out there, we, could, we, we will likely talk about what things are going on for a number of Sundays so that we can get our arms around what's happening from God's perspective. Otherwise, we get moved by all of the human messes. Human messes are not going to become less without the redeemer of the mess. If we learn to put Jesus into the equation, things start to settle out and calm down. But we live at a time in the earth and in our nation where God was booted out of most things. Now the evidence of what happens because of that is before our eyes. Well, we don't give up and say, well, it's all over because God was removed from so much of our society. He hasn't been removed from our entire society. You and me, we're it. Scripture says there will be a remnant called the true church and it will be those who are called according to his purpose. What is his purpose in all this? To love people well enough to help them find the Redeemer because without the Redeemer, it only gets more chaotic. So much so, it says that the planet we're on will begin to reel back and forth by all the mess going on. Well, hello. <laughs> if you don't know what it feels like to reel, we're in the beginning of that. I'd like to say, oh, God's got it under control and it's all going to pass. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that light will increase and darkness will increase at the same time. And it really says as darkness begins to increase, the light will grow brighter. We have that responsibility. If we're not careful, we get caught up in the, the humanity side of things. And, and if we do that without getting God's perspective will be in the fray, in the fight, with no results more than anybody else has. But if we do it in the power and authority of God, recognizing it is no longer I that lives, but it's Christ Jesus, the anointed one, living in me, we'll have metered response to things that God is all in to make a difference. 
we're about to find that we live in the generation that is asking more questions than ever before. That's how the moving of the Holy Spirit will look to the church just in a few weeks. That'll begin to happen. People are searching for truth. They see the facts. They see what's going on. People know that history tends to repeat itself and the circle gets bigger and things that were ugly come around again to be uglier yet again. Because if you don't put the Redeemer in the ugly, you're going to have more ugly. It's a matter of suppressing the ugly. I, I, I don't know if you recognize this, but if you suppress something rather than get rid of it, many, many of the organisms in the earth, you try to suppress them, they'll come back with a vengeance. Everything that the devil has works like that. But with God, all things are possible because Jesus, the Redeemer, says, I'm going to cut that out and carve it out and remove it from the human heart. Only the Redeemer can do that. Otherwise, we suppress something. So we're going to look at the scripture because I'm not interested in ever getting up and telling you what I think. I long ago let that, let that go by the wayside. It is not me that I represent. I don't even give myself the right to my own opinion. I look for what is God's opinion in this. And I choose to adopt that. To whatever degree you decide to will be up to you. But for me, I have to serve him in this capacity to present to you his truth and not my ideas or my thoughts. So we'll look to the word this morning in Luke chapter 21 to some things that Jesus was talking about. He was talking about this season that we are in. You know, there are some things that I will not talk about today that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me. And it's up to you whether to regard what I say is coming from the throne of God or not. And I, I, I would encourage you to challenge anything that I say by look at the scriptures. See if it lines up. Because again, I'm not telling you something I think. I stepped back when all this started to happen and say, God, I need to know from you. What's what with this? What do we do with this? What am I supposed to tell your people? How am I supposed to encourage people in the right way? Show me what's up. You know, uh, something that, that is dear to my heart is knowing what God has to say about something. So we're focusing on that. This is Luke 21, and it's, it's Jesus speaking, and he, he's talking about the end of times, the end of days. And what I mean by the end of days is the end of the church age where there will be a rapture. It's interesting to me that in the last three years, there has been a kibosh put on most teaching about the rapture because people don't want to hear about something like that. So most churches and most pastors have quit talking about what they should have been mostly talking about. That's many times how the, the devil gets in to stop the people of God from hearing what they need to hear because their leaders get intimidated by the need for popularity. Well, we set all of that aside. Who doesn't want to be popular and loved by people? But Jesus said that was not how things were going to work in the kingdom. He warned us that if we're going to be popular with him, we may not be popular with people. So that's the age we live in. And you can expect a little of that in your life. But know in the middle of not being popular with everybody, God's going to give you somebody. He's going to give you people who do want and do need to hear hope and redemption. The whole idea of redemption is that Jesus is the one that brings hope to sort anything and everything out and make it right. And he changes the human heart doing it. 
So this is Jesus speaking. He said, there will be signs upon the earth. Well, I'm not real into some of the, you know, people are looking for weather signs and earthquake signs and all of that. I, I kind of chunk all of that aside. And I see, you know, I don't see in the Bible that I'm supposed to look at stuff like that. But I am supposed to pay attention to what's happening to Israel and what's happening to people. Why? God's about people. He doesn't need the moon and the stars and everything to tell us what to do. People get off track when they look at that. But when you observe what is happening in people, what you see happening in the masses, what you see happening that when people have been suppressed and oppressed and shut up for very long and their money starts to get drained, how people go crazy. Why is that? Because without the Redeemer, the system we had hope in looks like it may fail. Jesus never fails. So we've got a hold of that, but others need to hear that and get that. And the day's coming that it will be the easiest for you to share that information with the hungry person that you've ever had in your life. People want to hear truth. Sometimes they're a little slow to embrace it. Why? They've heard so much garbage. See, without the Spirit of God living in us, we can't discern truth so readily and so quickly. I don't know if you remember before you were born again and Jesus came to live in your heart, but you'd hear things and you'd have to sift through them pretty carefully. When Jesus comes to live in your heart, pretty quickly you can identify, ah, this is the Lord, this is not the Lord. Why? That's what's supposed to happen in us, an increased awareness. So this is not a message about sensation. It's a message about fact and reality from the scripture, what the truth of the word says. Upon the earth, there will be national distress. Not just in one nation, on the earth. Well, we've seen it here and there, pop, pop like popcorn all over the world for years and years, ever since I can remember. But never like it is at home right now. Now, that word distress means the, the kind that brings uh, contractions and anguish to a woman giving birth, and it's a difficult birth. Well, I've been with a, a woman giving birth when it wasn't difficult. And there was another side to that woman that came out. I saw strength. I saw determination. I saw boundaries. I saw command of respect. I saw relief, release, joy. But before that moment, and it wasn't it was, there, there was challenges, but it wasn't like totally difficult. There was this intense time called labor. When there are complications to what God's wanting to do, times will feel like they do right now. Not only is God wanting to give birth to a great reviving, the earth is wanting to give birth to the greatest resistance to God that's ever been. So when you look at the virus, the virus was just kind of a cloak to get things started, to create division, to create confusion, to create difficulty, to create crisis, economic problems. I remember when this all started, the Holy Spirit had spoken to me some season ago, and he said, there will be a time called the epoch, and you will see it. When this all started, he said, this is not that, but it will lead directly into that. So I, I'm telling you something that 
I've observed with the Holy Spirit's help that we live in a time where God has already got his plan. What the devil wants to do doesn't change God's plan. What the, when the devil starts to fight like he's fighting people, we have to recognize his plan is for the people. His plan is to get through to people. So when we try to create a safe place for here, I believe God's people have to start coming together. Why? It's not that I just desire that as a pastor because I miss everybody. I have to lay that aside. And I have to listen on the inside to what's the Holy Spirit saying. He said there's never been a more important time to gather and pray. He said that. Why? When we come together, things happen that don't happen when we're apart. We call that the body of Christ. Now, he's talking about this season, he said, with perplexity. In other words, this is a difficult birth situation. And what's he talking about? He's saying, upon the earth, there is a difficult birth going on. Why? This earth is a fallen earth. This earth has a claim that the devil has made on it. This earth does not want to cooperate with the plan of God to redeem this earth. This earth is in rebellion. But as the people of God, we pull back from that and say, wait a minute, I'm in submission to Jesus. What does my Redeemer say? But he said, we would feel, we would feel the anguish. We would feel, if you're not careful, you'll do more than feel. You'll become a part of that. Now, men's hearts will be failing them for fear. Well, we know not to be live in fear around here. Now, and for looking after with an expectation to those things which are coming on the earth. This is what will get you in trouble. If you get sidetracked by what's happening in the earth, the fighting, the riots, the, the diseases, the whatever, you're going to get off track with God. Fear will come against you. And, and I'm going to tell you, there's a difference between fear and being intelligent or fear and having boundaries. We protect Lucinda's 97-year-old mother who lives in our home. It isn't out of fear we do that. It's out of respect and regard that we do that. And we have to decide how to do that at our house like you have to at your house with your situations. So we respect one another, but we're not going to be given to fear in any of these situations. He said we, people start to look at the things going on in the earth and they get distracted. Now, Luke is a gospel written in general for us to understand what things are going to be happening. But we'll look to letters to churches here in a minute. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. What does that mean? Earth has gotten into a situation where heaven is responding. So it doesn't feel like heaven's responding. Heaven's responding. He said there would be a shaking, a great shaking in the earth. That's happening. Now, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. If I was you, I would give a little consideration to Jesus could really come anytime. That's not being taught right now, and it's interesting to me that it's not being taught much right now. Why? Because Jesus said people won't be ready. People won't be giving consideration. People won't be looking upward. Why? We look upward because our redemption draws nigh. Right now, for us to make a difference for Jesus, we look unto him and we say, help me bring Jesus out as the Redeemer. Help me be the one that brings supernatural solution that is only through the blood of Christ Jesus. 
I heard Dr. Alveda King on TV on one of the news programs this week, and I was just utterly, completely blessed. She's, she's a grandniece of Dr. Martin Luther King. Well, I, for many years, worked in Georgia and Atlanta. At one of our resorts was in West Atlanta, and she owned property out there, and I got to know her and her many visits back and forth to that property. I heard her talking about the blood of Jesus and the, the need to return to love and unity and that a transformation could yet come to our nation, and I heard her prophesying out the will of God for this moment, that people reconsider who Jesus is, and if they can love him, they can love people. And if God's people don't love Jesus enough, they won't love people right either. And she said, we've got to take away all of the boundaries. And only the love of God can supernaturally do that because our Redeemer has the authority and ability to do it. And she said, and guess what, people? God gave us that authority. I, I, I stood up in the room and I thought, there could not be a better message come across national news in the middle of the mess. And I'm thankful that she's an African-American woman with the descent that she has. I was so thankful. Watch God raise up voices like that all around. You want to associate with things like that, not to stir up the trouble. The devil does enough of that. People that don't know what to do can't help but stir up trouble because they know there's something wrong. So much is very, very wrong right now. And it's because people have stepped away from Jesus. And I believe this too. The church has to become not just his hands and feet, but his voice again. His voice can change anything. When Jesus brought a word, it calmed the storm. We are entering into a season that will be known as a perfect storm an epoch of time worldwide. Why? The Holy Spirit said so. When I look at Jesus in a storm, he never got too shook by it. In fact, he'd tell everybody, calm down, and he'd rebuke the storm. That sounds too simple, but that's our role and that's our job. Now, that isn't all there is to it to speak to the clouds because this isn't clouds. This is powers and principalities. This is the unseen realm. This is the devil fighting to take men's souls. And this is Jesus saying, but my church has resurrection power and she's about to rise up. Now, what does he say? He says, don't be carried away in these verses. That's the warning. By looking after the things that are happening, you can't help but see them. But don't follow them. Don't think that in knowing all of this, you're going to be better off. What will happen is your human emotion will be stirred to anger again and again. Why? You have human emotion. Human emotion with a spiritual harness is healthy. But if you don't keep that harness around your human emotion, you'll feel like you need to go out there and show somebody what for. Do we see Jesus doing that? Interesting to me, if you think about this, Jesus on the cross had the thief over here. I mean, he had, he had these guys beside him. And before he went to the cross, he had Barabbas, who was a murderer. How interesting, right before Jesus went to the cross, the crowd chose to release the murderer instead of the greatest love man would ever know. See, people get caught in wrath and anger and make the wrong call. Now, we have to make the right call. That's why it's important to know what does he say. Don't be carried away with what's happening. Why well, it's outrageous. It's outlandish. I, I first saw that video and uh, 
felt bad for the, the man that died, of course. Well, it's outrageous. But I thought, we don't know what's in the man whose knee went down on his neck. We don't know. And I thought to myself, I wonder if anybody will bring the gospel to him before he likely takes his own life. So you've got to be careful to remember God is for everybody in every cause. So we have to step back and say, I, I need to be Jesus in this and have compassion for everybody. Otherwise, you become a part of the division. If you're not careful, you'll be too strongly carved to one side of any of these issues. And if we're not careful, that happens within a church and people get scattered all over in their thinking by everything going on. Why Jesus is warning here, his church, is we need to become united, unified for the cause of Christ. And if we do that, we'll be on the right side of things. Now, division, he hates division. Plague, God, God didn't bring the plague. Looting, ridiculous. I mean, go back to the Ten Commandments. I mean, it's just, but you have to separate them out. People are throwing things together to accomplish a bigger picture agenda. Why, the devil's up to something. All right. Now, I don't want to dwell anymore on that. We live in a critical moment to represent our Lord. This is Matthew 24, 12, another of the Gospels. And because lawlessness or iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall grow cold. Be careful this doesn't happen to you. Be careful that you don't lose compassion for all people. Be careful that you become cause-oriented instead of Christ-led. Be careful to not be caught up in the moment in a way that your anointing is neutralized. Because God still loves people. Jesus still came for people. And if we embrace him, the cause begins to die. Why, the cause of Christ conquers the cause of the enemy. Every time. He's faithful to do that. But you know how he does it now? He's not going to show up in a cloud, misty cloud of glory. I heard somebody pray that this week. That's, a, that's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why? God is manifesting himself through his people. Anybody that will allow him, he's showing up in our heart. And he's beginning to do this work where we weep for the, the, the unjust. We feel, you can't help but feel some anger. If you love the Lord Jesus and you see human abuse, I, I, I get real worked up over stuff like that. Why? I hate bully kind of situations. I hate it worse, though, when the, the, the very officers of the law get involved in something and it goes sour because then people want to say, oh, let's do away with the force that holds the law. Let's increase lawlessness. Hello. Have you heard the headlines? A lot of cities to, to, to take away the police force. Well, that'd be about the dumbest response. But see, when we take God out of the equation, things that are stupid look intelligent. I mean, we've got to have the mind of Christ. Does there need to be improvements in the system? Of course, it's a no-brainer. I'm not even going to give time to that. But man's systems all are imperfect. Without the love of God ruling them, we have things like a skin problem instead of acknowledging it's just a sin problem. It's a, a hate problem because there's not the love of Christ. Human love is a fleeting thing. 
And it varies by person to person, moment to moment, situation to situation. But the love of God defines us as his people. And we, we are going to feel moved. But he said, don't be carried away by feeling moved. Now, we live in a critical moment. He said lawlessness would abound. One, uh, th- th- this, was a, this was, well, I-, I won't even say that again. When you carry the answer, don't be enraged by the problems. It's involved in a lot of problem solving in business arena. And whenever people would get worked up, I'd have to de-escalate the situation. Many of you work with people and you've learned how to de-escalate the situation. In de-escalating the situation, you'd always have to say, now stop. We are the solution. We are not going to stir up more of the problem. That's how we've got to think as the people of God. To step back, you're going to have a response. You're probably going to be really moved by how God feels about something. But then you've got to step back and say, I'm going to separate myself from how I'm feeling to what is going to lessen the division. When this all started, the first thing that the Lord, there there, there are times that I say the word of the Lord came to me saying, and that's when I hear clearly his voice give me something that is important. Not everything happens that way, but I occasionally hear something. And he said, be aware that Satan is out to divide every righteous relationship Make sure and be no part of that. So as the people of God, I tell you, that is the word of the Lord over right now. Don't be a part of division. Be really, really careful to not create this this negative polarity because you have a strong opinion. Line up with the cause of Christ and you'll be a preacher. You'll become a preacher of righteousness or a creature of righteousness. You'll be representing him instead of yourself and he will bless you. Did you know there's warnings in the Old Testament about about this time that we're in? That if we want to be prosperous, we'll line up with the cause of God in the nation. So we want to do that. If you want to be more secure instead of less secure, take Jesus' position on things. We're going to keep studying that for a while around here. This is is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 beginning in verse 2. And this is a letter to one of the churches. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Talking about the time of Jesus' return, or we would say the general season of Jesus' return. I can't say this is absolutely it, but I feel pretty close to, pretty close to comfortable to say that. Why? Uh, uh, when I study the scripture for years and years in, in my life, I see all these things happening that have never happened this way before. And it has my attention. So you yourselves know perfectly why we're supposed to know something. We're supposed to know perfectly well that the day of the Lord is at hand. So they wrote that 2,000 years ago. I know it. And 2,000 years have passed in in Scripture. Scripture says the earth has seven days or 7,000 years. Do you know we're at the end of that? Now, that's another thing for another day. For when they shall say peace and safety, I hear that everywhere. We want peace and safety. It's not wrong to want it. But that's that's the message everywhere. That's the message that will be in many pulpits today. We've got to do whatever makes for peace and safety. As long as it's God's way, it's all right. Otherwise, it's not all right. Why? It just sweeps the problem under the rug or suppresses 
the devil, and he'll come out fighting. Why? This is not a battle with flesh and blood. This is the devil trying to divide people further, divide our nation further, divide the churches further, to divide anything that can be divided. Why? The devil knows if he can divide, he can conquer. Now, peace and safety here in this moment is God's deliverance or a place of escape. When I look at this scripture, I say, boy, when people are crying peace and safety, he says, then sudden destruction comes upon them. Well, if you know your scripture between people crying out for peace and safety and one world government and, oh, we've got to have a solution, a peaceful solution. Everybody's wonderful and everything's okay and we've all got to get along. Sounds wonderful on the surface, but he says, then sudden destruction comes, but there's a comma. The comma, I believe, is where Jesus most likely would return. Before the sudden destruction comes, and in this moment that represents his deliverance, where people are asking for peace and safety. Why? He said there will be a, a number in the church worthy of escape. What makes us worthy? Well, when we study the scripture to be worthy, we line up with God's righteousness, which is his way of thinking. It's first right thinking and then right thinking that gives us right action. Your mind should be swimming in all of this to say, I need to know what's right. And then when you discover what's right, make sure when you're thinking what's right, look to see, is this what God says about it? If you're feeling a separation from people or a cutting off or a division or you just have strong opinions, step back. Jesus hated everything the devil was doing so much that he came to save us from it. But we need to recognize our true reason to be here is not to hate everything going on or hate people involved in it, but to save people through Jesus' name, through his blood, from the consequences of it. So when I look at this verse, there's a moment that I call God's great revival, God's great awakening in the church to recognize this is where we are. We have this moment. I hope, I wish, all of this would just go away and everything would return to about 1980. Why? Life seems so much easier, less complicated. Everybody was loving Jesus in my world. Everybody, you, know, you didn't have to beg people to be at church. They were at church come hell or high water. There's just a, you, you know what's going to happen to us now? A great reviving has come. Why? We're, we're, we're going to have an awakening. You know, I don't know how easily you wake up in the morning, but I, I believe the church world's been in a sound sleep for far too long. And when we're in a sound sleep or in a dream state, we, we think we're experiencing one reality. But when we wake up, it's not the same thing. It happens to me all the time. I dream all the time. I wake up, kind of look around the room quick. It's, okay, uh, now I'm in reality. Um, thank God I woke up. You know, sometimes it's thank God I woke up. And other times it's like, I wish I could go back and recapture what was happening in that dream. But we are, as Jesus Church, about to experience a pulling into truth like that. Where we are awakened and recognize how desperate people are. Instead of looking at the cause, look for God's people. Look, look at people. Look at the, the, the least likely candidate and know Jesus wants to save them. That's how we have to think. So there's this moment, he said, then sudden destruction comes upon them. I, I don't want to be around when that happens. But you know what? Some people are going to be here. As travail upon a woman with child, here's this childbirth thing again. And they shall not escape. In other words, some people are not going to come to Jesus in time. That should 
stir us up. That should stir us up more than a community march. That, that is our cause, is the cause of Christ. The real answer, instead of exacerbating the problem and creating a greater dividing line, is Jesus is the one that took away the gulf between God and man to bring us together. That's who he is, and that's what he wants, and that is the message of Christ to the earth. That is what causes people to change. Otherwise, it's just suppression. But you, brethren, are not in darkness. Well, I pray that over all of us. That we're not in darkness in anything. That that day should overtake you as a thief. In other words, we're not to be surprised. That's why I wanted to call today, what does God think about these things? Because we should not be surprised and we should have an understanding that helps us have peace in the inward man because there's going to be chaos around on the outside. Why would God plant his children in the chaos unless they carried peace? Unless they had the ability to really create the change that everybody else wants to happen by new laws and more whatever and you know, man has never and cannot come up with an alternate solution to a devil problem. It took a Jesus to deal with the devil problem, and it still does. So understand why you are here. You're to bear about the light and bear about the answer and be God's voice in the earth and be the encourager. Be the one filled with hope because you're going to hear despair everywhere you go. We had a little march in our town. I didn't know it was coming. I found out it was coming, and I, I drove into town, and I heard where it was, and it was interesting. I could see blocks away. People were out craning to see what was going to happen over there as, as the marchers went down. Why? There's this sense of fear and division. You know what I saw? I saw people craning to hear truth. What am I supposed to think about this? Why? Everybody ha should be stirred. If you, if you have any of the love of God in you, you'd be stirred and compelled for change to come, for people to have a, a, a better life, an equal life. But you know, our equal life only comes because we're redeemed. Otherwise, we always struggle with that somehow. Jesus makes us equal. Now, don't let that day overtake you as a thief. In other words, don't be caught up in the human issues. Be aware, but carry the answer. Bear about Christ. So I don't feel prepared to do that. Tag, you're it anyway. We were playing games on the, on the playground. I think of this. You know, it didn't matter if I wanted to be it or not. When you got bumped, you were it. Guess what? We're in that moment. You're here now in the earth, and you're a part of God's solution. And we can decide to embrace that, or we'll be caught up in the issues. Now... We have to lay down self. We have to lay down rights. Everybody wants to fight for their rights. In Christ, you lay down your rights to yield your life to him. No other king can get man's need to bow like that where life is changed. We're to unify around the cause of Christ. I want to close with this in just a few minutes. Ephesians 6.12. Ephesians is another letter to churches. It points to this moment that we live in, that there's an agenda that's unseen. There are human factions. There are political parties. There are all kinds of people in opposition right now. And they all think that they know the real battle, but the real battle is in the unseen realm. You have access to make a difference 
in the powers that be. It's interesting to me that Jesus said to his church, I give you all authority. If he gave it to us, he expects us to do something right with it. Now, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. This is Ephesians 6.12. We wrestle against the rulers of darkness of this world. We wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. You are in a wrestling match. You are going to feel pulled every kind of way. Anybody in here ever been in a wrestling match? I had two brothers. We did it all the time. Okay, uh, When you are pinned down... You'd want nothing more than to get up. And there's this give and take that goes on and on and on until for us, it was usually if one didn't dominate pretty quickly, somebody would say, I give. We are in that kind of wrestling match. Understand what it's really for. It's for men's souls to come to God. If the devil can create division, he then brings in invasion and defeat. We can stop that by understanding our place. Now, I said this in the beginning, but I want to say it again. Satan is out to divide every righteous relationship. I want to talk about that right now. At your house, be careful. Don't get into it with one another. We're out in public and, and uh, having a, a dinner night before last. Spontaneous thing. And... Uh, enjoyed it but the the owners say, first thing they, they see us the preachers you know they know us and I know their kids I said oh it's so good to see you out thank you for supporting us and this and that of course we wanted to do that and there was this lingering conversation for a few minutes and we have survived this we didn't kill each other we're not divorced we still live in the same house and they were feeling what I'm talking about the division that's at hand, the strife that's at hand. How easily it is to have a strong opinion and draw a line between yourself and other people. We know we have a difference from the world, but be careful when you're in your home, you're in your church, you're in your piece of ministry. As we are coming back together, don't let any division be in your thinking. Don't let the enemy use little things to destroy what God wants to do in your life. Stress has come to most people. When people get under stress, you find out what's on the inside. If something wrong got in there, replace it in this moment. Let the love of God begin to prevail. Pray for those that persecute you and those that persecute others. Now... How do we protect ourselves from division in the shaking? We draw really near to the Lord. This is Zechariah 4.6. He says, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, it's not by might or by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Or Wednesday nights, we're ministering along the lines of what the Holy Spirit is doing and saying in the church. We're doing that on purpose. Otherwise, we'll try to fix things in our own strength. When we come back to church, when we're, we're talking today to people who are listening all over the place for various reasons, they've got their reasons, and I respect that. But you're going to hear me every week encourage people, come back to church if you can. Come back to church if you can be comfortable. Why, it's a time to come together and begin rallying around the cause of Christ. 
I don't know if this affects you the same way, but if, if all I do is hear all the news out there, pretty soon you, you reach a saturation point. Oh, I can't do any more of this. Why? It starts to get on your last nerve. It starts to make you have what Scripture calls vain imaginations and thinking foolish things and, and going to count the guns and see how much ammo you have in case they come to your town and decide we're going to burn their house down. See, a number of you, I know. I, I know. Gave some thought to that. A few of you did it. Am I critical of that? I'm not critical of that. What are you picking up on? The division, the divisiveness that releases fear, that causes people to separate, that causes a division. All of this stuff that's going on. Recognize God's not taken by surprise. His plan was to bring revival. It still is. It still is. But what you're going to find is people become more open than ever. Watch how this turns. Because people are looking for truth. This, this couple talking to us, they were looking for, let me hear something from the preacher because I hope I'm thinking right. I hope this is going to work out. I hope things turn around enough that what we've spent our whole life building can be preserved. And I heard something I, I've never heard before. I heard him talk about praying and God is good. And I thought, mm, I didn't know that about you. What is that? An invitation. Let's talk more. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, 12, and, and this is our last verse. For as the body is one, you got one body. Put it all together, that's your body. And as the body has many members or many parts, and all the members of that body being many are one body, so also is Christ. He's telling us something about our future. In the coming together, in the cause of Christ, there is an anointing. There is a power and ability. Uh, before this crisis came, I would say the church world was, was at the lowest I've ever seen it in my lifetime. Why? P people just have lost their desire for God. Well, God knows how to bring it back. He wants to bring back the desire by loving people and encouraging people. But when, they, when they won't hear that, he'll let them experience a difficulty where they're looking for salvation. We want to be on the first wave of responding to his love and acting in his love. I'll share next week a little bit some of the scriptures that talk about being in God's provision and protection because we're a part of his cause. Look past whatever's going on. Look past the fear. We'll take authority over that fear today. Why? It's what the enemy tries to do once we've been saturated with too much of this world. He tries to do that. But faith is the easy solution. A little bit of faith mixed in with your fear will begin to move fear out. See, most people live in a combination of the two. I'm going to tell you something. I've heard many people say, years, many years, if you have fear, you're not in faith. Well, that's not true in Scripture. There was a man that said to Jesus, uh, I believe, but help my unbelief. Well, he's mixed up. He had a little faith in Jesus, but he had a lot of, lot of issues, a lot of problems, a lot of concerns. You know what? Jesus healed for him anyway. See, a little bit of faith in God right now will displace a lot of wrong. I want to encourage you with that. I want to tell you, you are sensitive to God's Holy Spirit. You are embracing truth. You are the, the, the shining light in a dark world. You're it. You say, well, I don't want to be that. Well, tag, you're it anyway. This is Jesus' game. This is his strategy. This is his desire. He wasn't raised from the dead to lose out in today. He was raised from the dead to show the devil who's who. And who, who carries the authority lives in you. 
if you will, if you, you can respect everybody around you but stand up, it just does us good to sometimes to move around a little bit. When I ask us to stand, we're just honoring the Lord as we pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for a congregation hungry and thirsty for you. Hungry and thirsty for truth. Father, I thank you for a determination to come out today. And those that are listening, they're connected as well. Father, I thank you that you grow in our heart the desire to live for you more than ever before. Father, that you give us people this week to make a difference with. Father, I ask that you give us an anointing that comes from you to love people your way, to lay down our thoughts, to get rid of any barriers, and to reach out more than we ever have before. Because, Jesus, there's this little window of time before you come again that we make all the difference. So, Father, I thank you that we are a church like that. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that today you are challenged to move closer to God and encouraged with the depth of His love for you. If you would like to know more or hear additional messages, please call us at 217-395-2231. You can also write to us at Living Word Church, P.O. Box 158, Roberts, Illinois, 60962. Or visit our website at go to lwc.org. And as always, we would love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and give you peace.